It's not rocket science. Not not rocket science. Science. Not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's not 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 rocket science. It's not rocket science. Welcome to Not Rocket Science. In this episode, we'll be learning from visual and practical effects artist Danielle Auber, all about visual and practical effects. Where, where's Anthony? Uh, he's in the bathroom. He said, go ahead and start. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, like I was saying, Danielle Auber is here who helped create the troll in the bathroom in Harry Potter. Troll. That's so cool. I wish I could see a troll. Your wish is granted. What? Troll! Jeez, someone's been taking a while. I guess someone ate too much bread. You know, because of the. I don't know, yeah. Are you okay? What's, what's what's uh what's going on here? Uh, Sorry, he, he's back. He's were we? Uh, acting very strange. Uh, um, each episode, are you uh, all right? Maddie and Anthony will will okay. learn something <laughs> new um, from on? a professional. Is that a troll? There's a troll <laughs> here, pen, uh, a pencil. And he said, are you okay? Maddie, do what something. Should, what should I do? Maddie, do something. Oh, oh, I have an idea. I have an idea. Uh, I have this pencil. Like a wand in Harry Potter. Troll. Legorium <laughs> Frizoso. The troll is frozen. Yeah, so I each think, episode yeah. is a, a professional we learn from. Firefighter. Legorium Dorkworth. Good. A cloud, you learn from a cloud. Cloud. So it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. Oh, that was weird. You okay? Uh, well, awesome. Uh, like I said, uh, third time's the charm. We'll be learning from Daniele Auber all about visual and practical effects because he's the best. It's going to be a blast. I'm excited. To learn, because learning is uh, what Anthony, not not necessary. <laughs> Close. All right. Awesome. Welcome. Well, we have our guest here, Daniele Auber. He's an Italian stallion like me. I'm Italian. He's a very talented visual and practical effects artist, as well as a concept artist and storyboard artist on many films, such as. Harry Potter, This is the End, Brothers Grimm, Mirror, Mirror, The Imaginary of Dr. Parnassus, uh, Now You See Me, and Dr. Awkward, a film that I got to act in, which he directed and wrote. He's a thoughtful, kind, amazing, talented man. Here he is, Daniele Auber. Did a little rocky because um, you're Italian, you guys. Thanks for being here, Daniele. First off, how you doing, man? What's going on? I haven't seen you in a while. Good. Yes, you I haven't good? seen you since before COVID. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, um, the hair grow and uh, yeah. life keeps going, and it's quite beautiful. So that's gotta be on a bumper sticker. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> what did you think of the troll? Were the effects good or could they use some work? I want you to be honest. Well, if we could use some work on that. If you have a good script and you have a good actor, uh, the effects really, you can, you, you don't need to see them because the, the reality is there. So I would, I would redo the ears maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> the ears were made out of the bottom of a LaCroix box. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, I okay. cut well, ears into a, a LaCroix technique. box. <laughs> so uh, you kind of use what you got, right, Anthony? Hey, you got LaCroix, you use it. <laughs> <laughs> you do visual effects and practical effects. Um, for the listeners, um, what is that exactly? How would you describe it to, to Anthony? Well, um, like a child, <laughs> explain it to like a child. Practical <laughs> effects, practical effects was what we used to do all the time before we had computer effects, right? Before we had computers, it was it was only practical. So that's that's when I started uh, my career back in Italy, and um, we didn't have computers yet. So if you had to make a troll, you would sculpt a big sculpture, then make an animatronic out of it, and you would control it with radio mechanisms and levels and stuff. And um, those were the effects in those days. But then sometimes in the 90s, uh, slowly the computer, the VFX came in, and then they took over, maybe too much at one point. So now in the... In the history of movie making, we reached a point where uh, really the best results, you achieve them by mixing uh, practical and visual effects. So you do practically as much as possible um, on set for the actors to enjoy and to act with. And then with the visual effects, you kind of uh, retouch and refine or add stuff. But you have a, a tangible visual starting point and that helps because when the audience watches this mix of effects uh, it perceives a level of um, reality um, and therefore believes more what they see and believe the story which is the most important thing that's so cool so the so so kind of like you use the computer to kind of, um, I don't know, like um, you help enhance the the practical effects. I'm just trying to walk through it in my mind here, but that's kind of the sensibilities. You mix them together in a way. Yes, yes, yeah. because if you shoot something practically on set, on, on location, um, then the visual effects who are going to, to work in post-production, they will have something to start with. They will see where the light... For example, I, I will make you an example. In, um, in the movie I've done lately, there was this creature uh, that was uh, supposed to be a big statue face with tentacles and so the tentacles were too complicated to, to create in, in reality with practical effects so we build the face it, it was maneuvered by puppeteers and stuff so that was real uh, on set um, everyone could see it the, the actors could interact with it so also it's helpful for, for, for the whole scene and then in post-production all you do you add 
I mean, sounds easy, <laughs> but it's very complicated. Then you add the tentacles and all those elements that. Uh, but then you can you can use uh, uh, the light and shadows, and you can reference to what you shot practically. And this is very very helpful for the final result. That's amazing. So, um, for example, like the troll uh, in Harry Potter, the the troll in the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter. Um, you helped uh, design the, the troll in the bathroom, correct? You kind of helped no, I didn't practically. I didn't design it. I I I helped building the animatronic. Right, right. So in those days, this must be two thousand and one, I think. Yes. Very early two thousand for the first movie Harry Potter. So at the moment, I wasn't um, focused on designing yet. I did that afterwards. Um, so I was but working. You help create. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so that's the job of a model maker. You yeah. S- you sculpt. Uh, you make molds. You attach the hair uh, on on the troll's legs. <laughs> you paint the skin. You put together the pieces, and then you have the animatronic. So that's what we built. It was five meter tall. This creature. Whoa. Yeah. And how uh, tall is that in uh, uh, feet? Oh. Like ten feet or something, or oh, uh, don't ask like taller me. than I'll me. <laughs> I cannot count. I cannot Anthony? count. I don't know numbers. Can you count? <laughs> oh, uh, the producer is going to look it up. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, get, get back to us. Thank you. So Chris. we 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 build it, and then the visual effects team uh, scanned the animatronic with the scanning big scanning machine, and in some shots you will see the actual animatronics. Animatronic, but then when the troll is walking in the corridors, that is the visual effects version that's being scanned from 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 the practical one. Wow. So that that was a collaboration between the the two. Oh, I think we know how. Sixteen feet. Sixteen feet. Voila. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that's very tall. That's taller than you. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. So, um, what kind of things? Uh, for the troll itself, like I saw a photo of you. We'll put it up on the screen. It looks like you're maybe painting or putting something. So what were you doing? Yeah, in that probably photo? painting. But first, um, we attached. So we were a team of uh, yeah. maybe I don't know three or five people. I don't remember exactly. Um, so after, basically, these are these are the the stages for that troll in particular, but for many animatronics. First, you, you, someone designs the creature. Then you make a maquette, which is a small sculpture, to see how it looks and to be approved by the director and, and, and everyone. And then you start building the full-size 15 feet or 15 foot. 16. 16 yeah. feet. Yeah, uh, five meters. Five meter statue, probably made with clay. And uh, after... That statue looks amazing. You start making molds, so that out of like clay or uh, no resin usually. Well, maybe there would be a layer of silicon. It's so complicated. Wow. A layer of silicon, and then on top of the silicon, uh, y- you create these sort of boxes of resin and fiberglass, like uh, surfing materials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, which will be kept together by bolts and. And then inside that negative mold, then you're going to create uh, the positive, 
which is which will be the actual skin of the of the troll and what's that made out of the skin uh in this case it was silicon oh wow uh, but it can be yeah it 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 was silicon uh, so probably the negative mold would was raising and um and silicon is very beautiful and complex material that can could can be more or less flexible or or, or hard depending on what part of the animatronic uh is uh, needs to be built for example if uh of for the face you need a lot of flexibility right because then inside inside the skin you have all of these uh mechanisms that will be uh, radio controlled and oh. or computerized because you can actually um program the movement of the lips for example the lip syncing for example you could uh, uh have first of all you, you could have the actors say in the lines yeah and then you program the lip movement of the creature moving exactly like the lines that the actor performed Whoa. so that would be I, I, and you can repeat it as many times as you want this is this is this was the technology at the time um at the Jim Henson's uh, creature shop in London that's where we made this and um it w- it was amazing to to look at this stuff all these engineers creating this uh, uh, my capabilities would never go that far i used to make animatronics especially back in italy but they were very simple when i saw this kind of engineering um solutions was mesmerizing wow that's amazing <laughs> so that's what that's, that's so what the cool. troll was doing and that's then and then once you have the skin and everything then you paint it i think in the picture you saw we were paint we were painting the surface of the skin uh and then someone will also add uh hair if if the the troll has hair which is one by one very very meticulously wow. someone makes the eyes uh that's yeah there's so much going on what was on. that like i mean making like being able to make that troll like how did it feel what was it uh well it it it's kind of mesmerizing it's yeah. it's so surprising when you yeah. when you see it moving um also I think there's something magical happening when you are puppeteering something. When you're puppeteering also with radio controls or w- whatever it is, if you for example puppeteer the face of a creature with all your mechanisms or levers whatever it is, um there's a, there's an interesting connection between your brain and the creature it kind of becomes your avatar you're connected subconsciously and so you start making those faces with your own face um as you move the creature as you look at the creature making the faces and there's something mystical there that makes you questions about consciousness reality. and yeah and reality and being humans and what are we and AI etc. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no AI taking over actors though. <laughs> no, no, yes. no, no, jamais. Um, <laughs> um that's that's incredible. That's so cool. Uh thank you for sharing that. Um and also you've you've worked on so many films. Um you worked on uh, Now You See Me. Yes. Uh which was amazing. And uh can you kind of describe your experience on that Now You See Me with Jesse Eisenberg? It's all about magic. Um what did you do on that film? You helped create and and also um you worked on This is the End and I I remember you saying you uh, this is kind of a two-part question 
but you help create the the uh, the monsters or the the guys that take over <laughs> the world. So can you kind of describe what what you did and your experience? Yes, in in both of these movies, um, I worked in the visual effects department, so it was mainly uh, post production. Maybe there's been some reshooting. I, I don't remember, but yeah, the film was already shot, and we were uh, designing uh, the the visual effects. So that that's computer graphics, and so I was hired by. Um, uh, my friend Nick Brooks, which is an amazing shout out to Nick. Yeah, <laughs> amazing visual effects supervisor, and um, and we uh, made concept designs and and boards. There's something that um, I like to do, and it's very interesting. I I call it um, concept boards. Basically, you design a whole sequence but in detail. So you, you make a lot of concept de design. Usually a storyboard would be making s <coughs> quick sketches, right, to plan the shots and everything. But especially for visual effects, when those kind of things are involved, you do need details. You need to know what you're going to design afterwards. So you, you do actually make a sequence storyboard, but it's elaborate. So that, that's what we made mainly. And um, on now you see me. On now you see yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, for example, I remember towards the end of the movie there was a big sequence in New York, an amazing building decorated with lots of graffiti and I stuff. I remember that. Yeah. And so we designed many, many versions of that of that sequence. Now I don't remember what the latest version was, the one that made it into the final cut. But uh, all those graffitis at one point, they were animated and moving around. And yeah, there was a lot. A lot yeah. Kind <laughs> of like in the mist, kind of like. Yeah, the, the graffitis were brought back to life and were moving around the building, entering like ghosts and shape, neon, alive, live neon shapes. That's so <laughs> cool. So you kind of like create magic in film, like kind of in a way you create the magic that, that uh, you bring it. You bring it even more to life, which I think is very cool. Yes, yes. We are always, uh, as as actors are, as everyone making a movie is, uh, we are at the service of the script. So yeah. if we have a good script, and we usually do, once a movie is has a green light, usually there's a solid good script that you can trust. And there's been great, many, many uh, drafts. And so we can trust it. So... Um, all we do is read the script and imagine it has to be coherent, but it, the important thing is to bring up the real emotions in that very sequence. And um, because that's just a small tussle in the whole story, in the whole mosaic of, of, of the script. And we need to diligently, you know, uh, measure what we're doing. So... Uh, we can bring the magic, but it has to be perfectly um, coherent with uh, what happened before and, and after. Um, but yes, that's it, amazing. It, it's nice to to go wild with 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 imagination. It, it's 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 a good thing to do. It's fun. And and this is the end. You create. You help create the uh, the monsters in that, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's so cool. What uh, was that like? 
Oh, it was, it was great. I remember um, yeah, doing a lot of drawings, preparing uh, for that movie, reading the script and imagining wildly whatever came up to my mind. And then, because sometimes that, that's what happens, right? You can have directors and movies, which is the ideal situation. And this happens especially with older directors and very experienced directors they let you uh, show off like show me what you have and you obviously want to do the best you can yeah. and this is a great way to to for you to to have fun and to feel free and for the director to get the best you can you can give so that was the situation and then I remember having a great meeting with the director uh, Seth Rogen and it was quite hilarious Why? well I think when you watch his movies and when you watch his interviews you can imagine a kind of person that's fun to hang out with but then when you meet him in person it is actually like that oh, wow. <laughs> so so yeah fun meetings a lot of laughs also I actually was very naughty in my drawings because especially in the beginning of that movie when we first started working on it it was called it wasn't this is the end it was called apocalypse I think the, oh, okay. the title the working title and it was very specifically um, referring to some uh, to the bible and some parts of the bible uh, that were written a long time ago. But if we read them now, when the Bible talks about the devil and how the devil looks and what it's doing, for for nowadays imagination, it's actually very funny. <laughs> like when we watch paintings of devils from the Middle Ages, for example, which is only a few hundred years ago, those images were supposed to be extremely scary in, for those days. But if you look at them now, they're really, really funny because we developed a whole different uh, imagery regarding the, the, what's scary or what is not. And, and, and so the Bible, when it talks about the devil, I think, uh, no disrespect, it's very funny. <laughs> what, what does it look like? What, the, what was the devil? What did the devil look like back in those days? Like well, a, for example... Like a bunny rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> no, he had seven heads. Seven, seven heads. And, seven. Um, and that was interesting to figure out as, as a design because we wanted to... We wanted to work visually. If, if you make a creature with seven heads, and I tried, I went through many different sketches, uh, it's kind of distracting. You don't know who to look at. If you have seven heads, it feels like there is no heads at all, and this creature has no identity. So I had to focus on one central head, so you can feel that there is an individual there, and then another six smaller heads, uh, uh, you know, just to be correct, but make yeah. it credible. <laughs> That's awesome. So what were some of the creatures that you helped draw up or sketch up for um, This Is The End? Like, Oh, there were several, there were several um, Eve devils, I think, and minor devils. Um, can we share those on the screen? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Some of them are, are so a bit, here they a bit are. naughty. <laughs> oh, a bit naughty. <laughs> and okay, they didn't cool. make it. We'll blur them out. They didn't make it in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Blur <laughs> this fun. But yeah, exactly. So in the beginning, because of 
the director, which is kind of a um, non-conformist, mischievous kind of character, I went wild with <laughs> my drawings, you know, like uh, nowadays we have to be so careful with what sh we show to families yeah, and stuff. Right, right. I couldn't care less about that <laughs> okay. uh, because at that stage... He's a wild man. <laughs> yeah, at that stage it was, it was just fun. And then, and then you slowly refine, and then it becomes less and less, uh, you know, naughty. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's cool. And now a word from our sponsor. And now, back to our show. You okay? You still uh, shooken up by the troll? Feeling great. <laughs> there. Do you have a question? Are uh, how are how you doing? <laughs> I was thirsty a few seconds ago now i'm fine thank you well, that's good to hear that's good to hear yeah that's my question of the day how you doing no uh how often do you uh uh practice drawing or practice your craft per uh do you do it daily when you're you know, how often do you do that well i'm forced to mm. do it daily <laughs> yeah sometimes for too many hours a day i worked on a movie uh recently and um which would be amazing, and I'm so happy I worked so hard. Uh, but at one point, it was too much. You know, sometimes you have big sequences to, to, to figure out. And um, as humans, our anatomy, we are not designed to design <laughs> for <laughs> 10 hours a day, sitting on a desk, doing this movement. So at one point, I just collapsed with a backache. Mm. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> but no, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, it, it, I had a holiday and then everything was fine. And, and so I could start again. So, yeah, I, I, I draw all the time. Um, sometimes I like to change the media because it, it's beautiful to draw on a digital uh, tablet. It's really fantastic. Um, it's nothing less than painting with oil for example it's actually even more um, because um, there's something mesmerizing about painting with light because mm. when you use pixels in instead of oil and, 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 and acrylic or whatever it is uh, when you use pixels and you and you and you draw on a screen um, you don't only paint with light, which, which is amazing. Uh, but also, um, uh, you're very close to the media of projected movies, right? That, that, that's light as well. So it's a very uh, compatible media. When I, when I paint a scene, when I paint a, a, a shot uh, on my big screen, um, it's already a preview of, of the movie. Uh, uh, wow. So, um, but yeah, drawing all the time. So much that when I don't work, I really don't want to draw. Sure. <laughs> I go for a hike, a bicycle, uh, but yeah, enough, enough drawing. Yeah. <laughs> 
when you were uh, when you were a kid, when did you start, or did you start drawing as a child, or how old were you when you started drawing? Yeah, as 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 long as I can remember, because yeah. my dad was really good in painting and sculpting and oh. doing all that, so I was really fascinated by that, and I would emulate what he was doing since I was very very small. Um, yeah, that that's a media that always got me curious. And what was the spark? Was that kind of the spark that led you down this path of a career? But what was the thing that was like, I want to be a visual effects uh, practical artist? Was there kind of a tipping point for you that kind of set you off on this path? Or how did that happen? It was probably the example of beautiful work made in the early 80s, (laughs) especially by uh, there was this special effects uh, maker his name was uh, Carlo Rambaldi and uh, he was an Italian in California and he was my hero mm-hmm. he uh-huh. was the <laughs> he was the guy that designed and created uh, some of the iconic creatures from 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 the 80s ET and uh, Alien and King Kong from from the 70s wow. Uh, the 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 aliens in in close encounters all of that um, amazing moment in in movie history Calorambaldi was uh, was a hero so um because that art comes from uh, painting and 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 sculpting and um engineering and all that uh i think i was influenced a lot by that and that's also awesome. by my father. And also I saw a UFO. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so that's really cool. All right. Aliens are real. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's scientific now. There's no stigmatization yeah. anymore, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw one when I was 11. And um, with my dad and my brother, so fortunately with witnesses, it wasn't a uh, personal hallucination. <laughs> and um, But I think that event really kind of, you know, moved my standard of uh, perception of reality somewhere where it wasn't before. And I think it was an ingredient that pushed me into doing strange things. Can (laughs) can you uh, describe what you saw? Oh, yeah, it was. So we were in the Alps uh, in beautiful summer night and full of stars. We were looking at the stars. There were no lights. We were away from every city. And uh, it was a sphere in the sky, it was an orange sphere that uh, moved around the sky very quickly with really sharp angles. And uh, it was nothing natural and nothing artificial because nothing moves that way, especially in 1980. (laughs) And so... I was very scared and very impressed, and it's a mystery. Uh, we don't know what it was, um, but yeah, so mystery very is cool. cool. Very <laughs> awesome. Um, that's so cool. And uh, you're you've had such an amazing career. Um, uh, and what's kind of like your highlight of people that you've worked with that you've loved working with, or that really stuck with you? Okay. Um, well, um, Terry Gilliam, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's I, incredible. He's been he's been an incredible mentor um, mm-hmm. because, uh, well, w- w- when I met him, 
which was the early 2000 for for his movie uh, Brothers Grimm. I just met Nicola Pecorini, which is Terry Gilliam's uh, cinematographer. And um, so thanks to Nicola, I was introduced to Terry. I could show him my work and and we started um, visualizing uh, Brothers Grimm. But uh, just witnessing his creative process and and working so close closely to such a incredible mind and and good heart uh Terry Gilliam has this reputation to be like a hothead uh, huh. uh maybe people think he's an uh, he's eccentric and crazy he's just he's a wild man like you <laughs> that's his reputation but really is an incredible oh, right. lovely great heart uh and yes with the most fantastic creative mind so just trying to absorb his powers while working with him and seeing how he put together a big movie and yes he's famous for fighting against uh uh you know the 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 evil forces of hollywood uh oh yeah the producer of, of brothers green uh uh was harvey weinstein weinstein oh, um so you have you have sometimes to be you know to be coherent with your um ethics and morality and sometimes uh if you're not compromising like Terry is you know you fight <laughs> yeah, yeah. right so i'm not as brave as he is uh i don't i don't know if i could handle the stress of of uh, dealing with big forces but i admire him a lot yeah that's awesome <laughs> and nicola so cool. nicola pecorini that. is definitely another big uh uh influence in my mind it was it's been like a big brother all through in in big brother in a good way not mm-hmm. not in the yeah. orwell way um all through my career a great example and good advice always that's wow. awesome it's great to be able to meet somebody that you looked up to so much too when you were kind of coming up right yeah yeah it gives you hope and yeah, uh, so nice yeah it's good to have good examples <laughs> yeah that's so cool and i i know I, i don't like playing favorites but um um with my work but i wanted to ask you um what what's your favorite um piece of art that you've made in, in films like what is what's something that really st- stood out to you Do you have a favorite or, s- or something like memorable, a creature or, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, I have I have several. Um, strangely, uh, sometimes your favorite things are not necessarily the best ones, but you have some kind of affection for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes are good as well. There's one there's one creature in, in the movie that came out uh weeks ago it's called wonderwell oh yeah it's the is the creature i mentioned earlier with the tentacles oh cool uh, so i like that because um the director asked me to come up with uh with the creature that represents mother nature and the planet so that was a big a big task so i looked into uh my background in in italy my my artistic background in in the mediterranean area so i was trying to to find an image that that feels timeless and um 
eternal, eternal, what's the word? Eternal? Um, One of those. Yeah, something that felt um, human but supernatural and... uh, with no gender. It's crazy. You're like describing me and it just, this is all me. <laughs> was, it, was it me? Is that who, I was your inspiration? No way, I was, <laughs> I haven't finished. So, no gender, no ethnicity, uh, so many levels of being absolute. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> An amazing tentacle in, in, in the hair. <laughs> and um, so then in, it, in the end, I'm, 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 I really love, I really love the, the result. It does feel kind of timeless. If you saw this creature uh, on, a, on an ancient Greek um, painting or, or sculpture, uh, you think, yeah, yeah, it could belong to, to the past. That's um, really cool. Does it kind of look like Medusa a little bit? Yes, yes. It, okay. it is a bit like Medusa or like the sun symbol because of these, these yeah. raised tentacles. Uh, it's a face with rays, basically. But then what makes it really attractive is, okay, it also depends who you collaborate with. So after I designed it, the person who sculpted this huge, how many meters? Three meters tall. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up, Chris. Uh, <laughs> statue. Uh, this was scul- sculpted by maybe the the diamond, the, the best sculpture I- in Italy, in, wow. in Cinecittà, which is Francesca Romana di Nunzio. And she just made a piece of art. She has an academic uh, background as, a, as an artist. And you look at this face, this sculpture, it's, uh, it's mesmerizing. It's, it's, it's so powerful because it, it, it's hiding the beauty, uh, uh, a knowledge that's thousands of years old. I don't know. There's something very ancient there. That's so cool. Um, so, uh, so I wanted to, and this is an educational podcast, and you know, people that want to go into the career of being a visual effects and practical artist, um, what would you say the the range in terms of um, how much they would make in a year, like between I don't know, you know, forty k and one hundred and fifty k, or is there a range for people like that are just getting out of college? Like, what is the range for visual effects artists? I'm so sorry, but I'm the wrongest person oh, to yeah. ask. I have no idea. I'm Google, for- you, we, they can Google it. <laughs> yeah, they can, so, it's easy to Google. I'm All right, so bad, Google. you no, know. I, I'm so bad with anything related to that field. Uh, th- fortunately, I have a good accountant, yeah, which yeah. is no, I don't even call it an accountant. I call it psychountant because I need a psychologist when I talk to the accountant. Right, right, right. Because I have just a massive uh, black hole in my brain, everything related to bureaucracy. So, no, ask me artistic <laughs> things, please. <Okay. laughs> I, I actually do have an artistic question for yeah. you. H- how often does uh, a project, do you start a project and that project stays the same so it doesn't like morph into something different like so how often do you start a project this is what i'm going to design and then it stays the same does it ever happen that way or does it always morph it i think it always morphs on some levels but sometimes it morphs this is a very cool question it morphs to really unpredictable ways yeah Uh, many movies and 
the bigger the budget, the more they have the freedom and the privilege hmm. to reshoot. So they they do principal photography. They shoot. They show everything, and then they do test screenings. And the test screenings find out. I mean, this is not necessarily a good thing, right? But uh, these days, it's it's a sign of the times. Um, the audience dictates wow. what a movie is going to be. I'm talking about the big entities, streaming entities. They they often do this. Um, they do a test screening, and then the audience will say, mm, I don't like that part, I don't like the end, <laughs> I don't like this, I don't like that. And then so uh, the writers rewrite, and then more reshooting. So by reshooting, you also end up changing everything, also the visual effects, right? Wow. So yeah, uh, so this is, a, this is a, a good thing, and it's part of the nature of movie making that yes we have the script we like it this is the heart of the story and we know that we need to keep this nature up to the end because it's effective uh, but then as you make the movie as you go through the process as you translate the words into images the images into action the action into post-production etc et uh, it is also a process of improvement and refining and so it beautifully morphs yeah supposedly <laughs> uh, and often very often it is a, a it is for the best yes wow. i mean it, unless the audience uh, I mean, I don't, I, I don't agree with that way of movie making. Uh, I, I can understand that it brings mm, money in in the short terms to the big streaming entities, but from an artistic point of view, I think it, I think it's very unhealthy um, to have the audience dictate what films should do because film has movie making has a profound mystical duty uh, which is the duty of art and the artists and the authors and the directors um, they know more than the audience what the audience want the audience doesn't know what it needs they know what they want but uh, the artist has a, um, has a different kind of knowledge about the subconscious, yeah. the collective subconscious, so they can see the future in a way. So they can give the audience what they are going to like and they don't know it yet. So this process of using the audience as a dictator, I think in uh, medium terms, in, in a few years, it will bring to a collapse of this way of doing wow. things because people will be bored. They will see things that are regurgitated to them. Yeah, oh, they right. won't be surprised. Well, you anymore. need your Michelangelo's to do the art. You don't need the to whole community the to do to tell them to tell Michelangelo or any artist. Great uh, insight. Or That's Banksy, whoever. A lot, a lot of people are like, oh, you should do this, or this, and this, and this. Right. Because it's too much filler, and then that takes away from the mind. That's what I would. I agree with you. It sounds like it makes so much sense. The yes. artist should be the person creating. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So um, thank you so much for being here. Um, 
what what advice would you give uh, an artist just starting out, visual effects, practical artist? What advice would you give them to starting a career? I would uh, suggest uh, to develop. Uh, we need we need to develop our sense of wonder uh, when we look at things, when we contemplate nature, when we walk around. Uh, we need to observe uh, reality and uh, be mesmerized by it. And, and, and this will translate in what we do, uh, whatever the media is, visual effects, uh, practical effects, painting, sculpting, uh, whenever it's about um, materializing an idea, it's successful when we, are, um, when we, when we have a good sense of wonder. That's amazing. I love that. Wow. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's really been amazing to, to get to talk with you. Um, where can people find you? Like where on the internet would you like them? Well, to? I do. I try. I swear I, I try <laughs> on, uh, on Instagram. Um, that's, I, I, I'm attempting to make a little portfolio on my Instagram account. Oh, cool. Uh, not everything is there, but you can have glimpse of what I'm doing. Oh, cool! That's and cool. What's the at? It's at your name, or it's A U B E R D, Albert. Nice, yeah. <laughs> awesome, cool. <laughs> well, um, it's it's been such an amazing pleasure to talk to, talk with you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much thank for your you. time. Thank you so You're much. You're the best. Uh, blast off that's my catchphrase <laughs> i see but you yeah. on the screen yeah thank you so much <laughs> i'll see you thank in the you clouds. daniel <laughs> <laughs>well as uh Daniele would say that was that was memorizing he was so fun to talk to wasn't he yeah he was a really cool interesting guy for sure liked yeah. him very nice guy very uh kind and how are you, how are you feeling about the troll situation? Are you still shooken up, or has it lasted with you? Are you feeling good, or it'll probably last for a while with me? I'm sure it's not gonna go. There's a troll staring at me while I was in the bathroom. Who knows what the heck was going on with that guy? It was creepy. What? Yeah, that was pretty wild. Um, yeah, but you feel you feel good about it? Like you're not gonna have? Oh any... no, I don't. I feel terrible about it. Oh, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares. There was a troll staring at me. So yeah, it's okay. it's never good. I've okay. never had it happen. Uh, really shook me to to a crazy level. Well, should we go check on it? Do you want to go? Just sure. I mean, why not? Yeah. I, I already I've survived it, so might as well see what else it it entails with the troll man. Okay, let's go check on the troll. All right. Okay. All right. Okay, you hit him on the head once I open the door, okay? There's a note. Fun podcast. Well, I'm going to try my best troll accent or my troll voice. To, to do this outro part. Let's see if I can do it. Is that yeah, you can All right, it, let me yeah. see. Let me see. We ask audience to please send in voice memo app questions with questions for 
Matty and Anthony to play in for our next show to not rocket science pod at gmail.com. Maybe that was all right. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll read some too. I'll try. This is my uh, best troll voice. Okay. Friends, what I like and subscribe, please comment on. Well, at least that was understandable. You can understand that. That's good. And let us know what you think of the show. Keep learning, because after all, learning's not not rocket important science. All right, blast off. It's not rocket science. Not rocket science, science. Not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's not 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 rocket science. It's not rocket science.